0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 10th, 2017, given by Disciple Member Stephanie Griffin, Miracles Multiplication. Good morning. My name is Stephanie Griffin, and like many of you, when I was in elementary school, I had to learn my multiplication tables. My favorite one was the nines table because I had a little trick, a little gimmick that I could use so that it would make learning the nines tables easy. What I did was whatever number I was multiplying by nine, I would take that number, subtract one, and that would be the number for the tens place, and then I would take whatever that number plus another number would equal nine, whatever that second number was, that would be the number for the ones place. Got it? No, yeah, you're like, ugh. Let me explain. So, 9 times 5. So, 5 minus 1 is 4. That would be the tens place. Then what number plus 4 equals 9? 5. So, that would be the ones place. So, it's 45. See? So, 9 times 6. 6 minus 1 is 5. What plus 5 equals 9? 54. It works for all of them. Go ahead and try it. But you know what? As, as excited as I was one day to stand up, I actually stood up in class and explained this to all my fellow um, elementary school folks in front of the teacher because I was like, I have an idea, you know. He, Mr. Smolnick was not so impressed. And he insisted that I do the math the way he was teaching it and not my little gimmicks. So, yeah. I don't know. It worked for me. I did well in math. But um, today's topic is multiplication. Not merely a mathematical concept, but in the hands of Jesus, a spiritual phenomenon. A powerful sign of the miraculous. Pointing to who Jesus is as the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, we are so... So blessed to just be here in your presence. And I pray now for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to be able to speak your words, to speak your heart, what you want to say to this body of people here today, to this family. Lord, let us be open to hear. Let us have ears to hear what you are saying, eyes to see what you are seeing and the faith to respond and believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we talked about an abundance of wine. This week, we talk about an abundance of bread. Last week, we heard about God's miracle power of transformation as Jesus transformed the water into wine, and likewise, he transforms our very lives from the inside out as we trust him. This week, we're going to hear about Jesus' miraculous power of multiplication as he feeds the multitude on the mountainside. In this Miracles series, we find the gospel writer John continues to reveal more of the nature and character of Christ through these various signs or miracles. This passage of Jesus feeding the 5,000 uh, is a familiar Bible story to, to a lot of us. We have often heard of this passage, while it notes that it's the feeding of 5,000 men, that if we counted the women and children who would have been present, the number would have been significantly higher. Some Bible scholars say perhaps even fifteen to 20,000. This was quite a meal. We listened to the scripture passage from John six in the opening video. Now today, I could talk about lessons from the little lad. Like the little boy with his lunch, when you give to Jesus what you have, he can make something great out of it. He takes our little, makes a lot, multiplication. Or I could also talk about lessons from the crowd. We are told in Scripture that the multitude ate as much as they wanted and were filled. How much will we allow ourselves to be fed by Jesus? A little? A lot? Or I could even talk about lessons from the disciples, from the from the pages in the Bible, early on, getting to know these dis- disciples, we learned usually from them what not to do. Philip gave a grim outlook on what it would take to feed everyone, and even Andrew is not convinced that a little boy's lunchbox is going to provide enough to make a difference. Yes, we, we see that they are all positioned To experience God's miracle of multiplication, we could look to the lad or to the crowd or to the disciples, but today I'm going to focus the message on lessons from the Master, from Jesus himself. So, what can we learn from the Master in this story that John, as an eyewitness to these events, retells in his gospel? I'm gonna share three things that we can witness in the multiplication story as we look to Jesus. The first thing we can see is that Jesus, he relies completely on the Father. Jesus learns to trust and rely on the Father, continually spending time with him in prayer. The scripture immediately following this miracle in John chapter 6 reads, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When we put together the parallel accounts of this story that come from the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see that both before and after this miracle, like bookends, Jesus withdrew to a lonely place by himself Matthew 14:13 and he departed to the mountain to pray Mark 6:46 Jesus spent alone time with the Father Before coming into his very public ministry with signs and wonders Jesus had spent 30 hidden years with the Father 30 years of developing a relationship with God, as he was a man taking on flesh, walking among us, 30 years of learning to rely on the Father, hearing his Father, watching his Father, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Throughout the Scripture, Jesus demonstrates a pattern of getting alone with the Father. I think it's interesting to note that this was Jesus' practice, not only when people were seeking to kill him, but also when they were seeking to make him king in the good times and in the bad just like Jesus, we, we go through the highs, we go through the lows. Jesus leans on the Father in both sets of circumstances, and so can we. Mark 14 36 shows an expression of Jesus calling out in prayer to Abba, Father, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Abba, in Aramaic, expresses a call that literally translates, My Father. In a warm, close relationship. Now, while it may not be a literal conversion to translate it, daddy, it could be the closest thing that that would make sense to us that we could get, because it was a term of closeness, of nearness. Jesus' response to the good and to the bad are both the same to get away with his dad. What he develops in those private times with God undergirds his ministry in the public times. Then as he is performing this food-multiplying miracle, he takes the loaves. He looks to his dad, gives thanks. He and the Father locked into relationship. Jesus relying completely on the Father. If Jesus needed utter reliance on the Father and his spirit, how much more do we? We need the constant filling we get as we live in his presence and through prayer and through his word. This infilling is marked by the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It is not enough to just pattern our lives after him. He wants to transform us as we spend time with him. Years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, Stephanie, you want to be like me, and that is good, but you want to be like me more than you want to be with me. Ouch. This actually was a beautiful invitation on God's part for me to go deeper, to spend more time with him, getting to know him, hearing his heartbeat. He is calling all of us into a greater trust and reliance on him. Secondly, Jesus He sees people and their needs. Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? Jesus lifted up his eyes and he saw the multitude. He lifted up his eyes and saw all the people and their needs. How many know that our current generations could be taught a lesson on lifting up our eyes? Does this look familiar to anybody? How many times do we want our kids to lift up their eyes? Parents, we're guilty too, huh? Grandparents, we're all guilty. Yeah, how many of us walk around with our heads down, neglecting to see what or who might be right in front of us, and I'm not just talking about cell phones, but the busyness of life, distractions, anything that keeps us from seeing the multitude. It's very easy to pass people in a parking lot, at work, even here at church, and to neglect to see the human life that is right before us to fail to recognize that there's someone made in the image of God right coming at us, valued by the Father. You know, I um, one day was out in the hallway between services, and um, it was busy. I was trying to get the hellos and the goodbyes in, and people were going each way. And I felt this little tug on my leg someone, a little person, giving me a hug, and so I kind of gave a half a hug while I was talking to the person I was talking, also looking to catch the next person who was walking by, and, you know, this stuff here was, was um, church stuff. It was important stuff, adult stuff, and uh, I gave the half a hug, and the, the little hugger came and left, and um, I continued on in my busyness. Well, sometime later, I was reflecting with the Lord, and I felt the Lord ask me a question in my spirit. And he said, who was that little one who came and hugged you today? And I, thinking back, I answered, I'm not sure. I don't know. And he said to me very gently, very lovingly, I need you to know. You see, Jesus would have known. And my Lord, in that moment, he was teaching me something about his heart. Now, after that incident, I try to look at all your children as if Jesus was looking right at them through me. Parents, don't forget to lift up your eyes and see your children. Look them in the eyes. Give them smiles. Church, we need to lift our eyes up and see all the children that God has given us here at Connection. Your smile and your attention, your focus, it might be the closest thing to Jesus with skin on that they experience. And it doesn't stop here. We, we lift our eyes to see all the people that God has put in our paths. If we are stuck in a, a backup in a line in the grocery store, you know, we can tend to look at this and go, oh, you know, we tend to see the problem. We see problems. Jesus sees People. extending a grace-filled smile and kindness, you may be the God touch a frazzled grocery clerk needs. We are on mission for our master. Look around your workplace. Like the disciples, you may be seeing all the problems. Lift up your eyes with Jesus and see the people. You know, Jesus lifts up his eyes and always sees the people and their needs. May we learn and grow with him to see the same. And number three, Jesus, he does something about it. Jesus sees a need and he does something about it. He will not let his people go hungry. His compassion moves into action. In verse 6, he says he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Jesus knows what he is going to do. Jesus knows what he's doing. Is there anybody who needed to hear that today? Guess what? Jesus knows what he's doing. This, This is a great thing. This is really freeing. This brings us peace. We're connected. Jesus is connected to the Father. We're connected to Jesus, and he knows what he's doing. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) As we spend time with him in prayer and in his word and with his people, we can know what to do in every challenge In every circumstance, in every situation, he always knows what to do. We will find that as we take our cues from Jesus, it's more than likely he will put us into action to help address the needs of others. In essence, as we see what Jesus is doing, as we follow him, as we listen closely, then the phrase, he relies completely on the Father, becomes multiplied to we rely completely on the Father. And the phrase, he sees people and their needs, becomes multiplied to we all see people and their needs. And the phrase, He does something about it, becomes multiplied to we do something about it. Can you just get a feel for the power of multiplication when God is involved? Amen. Recently, Gary and I went to see a movie uh, called All Saints. Anybody see that movie yet? We recommend it. It's the story of a new pastor whose first assignment is to close a a fading rural church and sell the land where the church sits. And then the pastor was going to be moved on. The story takes a turn when some refugees from Burma show up at the church in need. They are given some immediate provisions, but it becomes clear that their need is larger than the scope of the pastor's original mission. In a very poignant scene, the pastor's young son asks his dad about the refugees. He says, what do you think will happen to them when we leave? His father, the pastor, answers, well, let's keep them in our prayers and ask for God's help. The son replies, aren't you God's help? Hmm. Aren't you God's help? Aren't we God's help? What does this look like for you and for me? We are God's help. Guess what? We are his plan. And there is no plan B, as someone has said. May the Holy Spirit show us just how to love others. Remember, he knows what to do. Think back to our scene with the multitude. Imagine everyone sitting around in small groups waiting to be fed. You know Jesus loves small groups, right? Yeah. Thought I would just put a little plug into there. Picture everyone relaxing on the green grass, receiving, eating, having their fill. What did everyone have in common that day? everyone received bread from the bread of life. John 6, 35 says, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Still today, the bread has been broken for us and we take and we eat and we are filled with what has been multiplied down through many generations. We partake in the broken body and death of our Savior so that we can also partake in his resurrecting power and life, connecting us to Jesus and to each other. After all, What are we without our connection to Jesus? Without Jesus, I was lost. Without Jesus, I was empty. I was always seeking, never satisfied. I was always reaching, never getting and finding what I was looking for. I was always looking to better myself Try to figure out, you know, what's my way of getting ahead? Not really thinking of others. I was wandering in darkness without Jesus. But connected to Jesus? Connected to Jesus, boom! I'm part of God's great exponential multiplication equation. Now I am filled to overflowing, and I take my place as a child of God in his great kingdom work. And we can all be a part of that equation. This is the truth that was displayed on the mountainside thousands of years ago in a miracle of multiplication. And it's an actuality that still rings true today. This equation that everyday people times Jesus equals all things are possible. All things are possible. It first and foremost beli- it first and foremost equals new creation that we sang about this morning. But even beyond that, let your mind expand even further in that multiplication. It's just that all things are possible. That's part of our DNA here at connection. There's no limit to what God can do in multiplication. Jesus instructed the disciples to gather the leftover fragments so that none would be wasted. The disciples would come to understand that Jesus himself is the bread of life, and there's always more of him to give away. He never runs out. Jesus, the bread of life, was broken and given for you and for you and for you and for me, and for all of us. Hallelujah. There's always more of the life of Jesus to give away so that others may taste and see that he is good. And so that, like the scripture says in verse 12, so that nothing may be lost. So that no part of that multiplication, no part of the bread of life may be lost. We want to honor and value every part of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Everything that was broken for us so that nothing would be lost. And just think, his life is multiplied in the lives of every one of us who believe and who follow him. There's plenty of Jesus to go around. There's no need to be stingy with him. A couple weeks ago, we heard about hoarders, a message on hoarding. You know, um, sometimes we hoard things. I once hid a box of cocoa pebbles from my son Shane. Now, let me let me explain. It was buy one, get one free. And um, I admit, I just kind of took one of the boxes and I put it up high on a shelf and up behind a cabinet so that he wouldn't see because I was afraid that I wasn't going to have enough if he ate all of it. You know... What we keep is all we'll ever have until it's gone. What we give away, God blesses and multiplies and it continues to increase. I'm going to repeat that. What, what we keep is all we'll ever have until it's gone. What we give away, God blesses and multiplies, and it continues to increase. It's a beautiful picture. This is demonstrated perfectly in the life of Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all. and It continues to increase. And multiply. And where did, he le- where did he learn to give? Well, like father, like son. We're told, John chapter 3, for God so loved the world that he gave. He learned from his daddy how to be a giver. Will you be a part of God's multiplication equation? And, and what will you give away the second question. Your time, your resources, your attention, your compassion. I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to each of your hearts individually on this. As we close, let Let us not walk around this earth seeking all the benefits of being a child of God, only to neglect the relationship that the Father, Son, and Spirit desire to have with us. Like the lad, let's let's come to Jesus with all we have. Like the crowd, let's sit in his presence with great expectation. Like the disciples, let's follow through on the instructions no matter how difficult it is to believe with faithful obedience. Ultimately, let's look to Jesus and learn the ways of our Father. As we spend time with him and as we watch what he is doing, we will learn with Jesus ultimately to rely completely on the Father, to lift up our eyes and see the people that he has put in front of us with his eyes, and we will learn to hear his voice and do exactly what he's telling us to do. In doing so, we will take our place in God's great multiplication equation as his life, his love, his kingdom are multiplied throughout all the earth until he comes again. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we are we are humbled that you would want to have a relationship with us and we still we will spend our whole lives really just trying to understand that love that that while that while we were in our sin, while we were sinners that you came and died for us. You are such a giver God and and we look to Jesus and we see he's a giver and then we look and say we've got a lot to learn. So, Father, I do ask uh, that you would speak to our hearts. Help us to draw close to you. If there's anything that, that, um, that's standing in the way of us from even hearing your voice, then I pray in the name of Jesus that we would confess those things. If we confess our sins, you said that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we can be close to you, we can hear you, we can watch you, we can see you, and know and learn your ways. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us to, to meditate on this uh, multiplication message today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen.